Welcome to this Business of Music and Poetry podcast, where the life of a creative meets the real world. I'm Michael Lombardi, host of World Poetry Open Mic, The Michael Lombardi Show, author of more books than I should mention, musician, poet, and above all, creative entrepreneur. My collaborator and conspirator in this project is Clifford Brooks, the founder of the Southern Collective Experience, poet, and author of The Draw of Broken Eyes and Whirling Metaphysics, Exiles of Eden, and Athena Departs, A Gospel of a Man Apart, and he does so many other things as well. This is our introductory episode. In this one, we uh, introduce ourselves. We lay out a general context of what is to come as we travel down this road of art and business. But without any further ado, let's just get right into it. Let's get into the show. Myself with Clifford Brooks. All right, everybody. Welcome to This Business of Music and Poetry podcast. This is episode one. My name is Michael Amade. I'm a poet, musician, author. I'm here with the man himself, poet, author, and just all-around all polymath, Mr. Clifford Brooks. How are you, sir? I am good. How are you doing, Bob? Doing really well. Doing really well. And I, I'm excited to be here because we've, we've interviewed each other a bunch of times before. Uh, you've been on my show, World Poetry Open Mic. I've been in uh, you know your magazine there. And I really think that this is something that's going to benefit a lot of people who who write, who are creative people, who work in music, who who do any of this stuff. And even if you don't do those things, you can extrapolate what we're going to be talking about over the course of this podcast onto your own stuff. But before we get into that, I want to make sure for the people who don't know who you are, I'll, I'll kick it to you first. Who are you and why should people pay attention to you? Well, my name is Clifford Brooks, and I'm a traditionally published poet and business owner. I opened the Southern Collective Experience, LLC, um, shortly after my first book of poetry, The Draw of Broken Eyes and Whirling Metaphysics, was released in 2012, 2013. And uh, both my career uh, in the creative sphere personally and then, you know, building my own company and bringing on an entourage of folks that uh, are from all different genres, all different walks of life from all over the country. Um, what I want to bring to the table is the, the practical know-how of uh, how you take creativity, which so many uh, hammer on, and they should, because, of course, that's where everything sparks. But a lot of many of the tutorials out there and podcasts, radio shows, they have what I call the B disease and that they say, all right, you've got a great uh, bit of inspiration there. And then suddenly you're published. So you've got the A and you got the C, but they don't tell you how, which is the B. And that's what I want to fill in. That's what I want to fill in because um, when I got my first book out there uh, and began to tour and meet other folks that had made it into the game, I know that every vocation has its share of haters, and, and when you find any kind of success, that you have those around you that try to get some of it or to, to kind of derail your train of awesome. Um, and it may have it seemed like a utopian idea at the time, but what I wanted to surround myself with are folks that had not just the same amount, but more, you know, because I, I come from the philosophy that if you're the smartest person in the room, go find another room. You know, I want to learn from this stuff. And though, you know, every company has its its trade secrets, that there are so many things that are that are, that are useful that that will only make the whole scene better. You know, people think that um, or have been told rather that the art that the art world is a small pool with too many big fish. And that's just not true. It's a it's an expanse of, of endless ocean with too many fish that don't want to share. 
And I want to kind of break that mold. So I hope that people want to care and want to hear what I have to say because it's not slanted and it's, it's, it comes from a, a genuine place of, of experience. And it's what I want to bring to the show. I think that's a, that's a really great way to, to kind of state what, what the purpose we're talking about is. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm someone who, you know, so I do a daily podcast called The Michael Amade Show where I talk a lot about creativity and all that. And of course I get, you know, as we're prone to, we get a little poetic, right? We're talking about, you know, taking what's in your spirit, pulling it out and putting it in the world. Okay. Yeah. That's all well and great. You know, you can say this. So when someone wants to do that, how do you actually do that now? And by the way, there is nothing worse than putting out something and nobody cares. (laughs) <laughs> right. So like, yeah. and, and the thing is you should understand that they're not going to. So then mm-hmm. now there's processes to learn how to make people care. That's part of the art. Right. So, I mean, what I think what we're really looking at in this show is not only do we, do we talk about the, the creative connection that we have, um, because you and I, I know are extremely passionate driven individuals. I mean, when we're not on the phone with each other, we're still running around like maniacs wherever we are. Right. And, yeah. um, that's that's something I love, and I love that about our our, inter, our interactions as well. But I I think the um, taking that, making it real, and then getting it into the world in a way that that uh, you know it actually can find the audience, it can find people, it's going to move, it can have a life of its own. And uh, you know, for too many years, I would sit there, I'd write things and put them away, and no one would ever see it, or I'd record music and put it away, and no one would ever see it. And my best work was put away. And, uh, you know, meanwhile, I'm running around doing all kinds of other jobs, singing for groups and whatever, and doing stuff I'm not that proud of, and it's selling 500,000 copies, you know? So for me, uh, this is really a, a great journey, and it's still something I'm, I'm consistently always digging into, learning how to sell books, learning how to sell music, learning how to promote it correctly, learning how to network with great people, and then provide value to each other in a way that's meaningful and having real meaningful relationships. Um, so I think this is all great stuff we're going to be able to share and then also bring in other people like we're talking about who also have perspectives on, on what it takes to make this mm-hmm. kind of thing work. So uh, really quickly, just about me, um, like I said, I have the, the daily podcast, the Michael Amaday show. Uh, I've been doing a show called World Poetry Open Mic since 2012, which is every Friday night. We have poets from around the world call and share their work. Um, it's been really just a great love and uh, an active. I don't want to say an act of service. I feel like we get so much out of it, but you know, it's, it's an act of dedication. Maybe that's it. And we publish multiple anthologies a year, um, performed in a lot of groups, um, all around singing everything from opera down to Western music. Um, there's just a whole bunch, you know, I'm, I'm kind of one of those, those creative nut jobs that just runs around and does stuff all the time, but it's completely natural and I'm not really worried about it and I'm not forcing it. It just happens. And so I'm proud of it. I'm proud of it, but I don't believe it's mine. I believe that I'm just living it and I'm thankful to whoever gave it to me. So that's, that's kind of where I come from on that angle, you know? Yeah. I had the pleasure of playing with some really great people and, uh, and being able to be surrounded by just amazing creative people in, in my life. And and uh, I know you have as well, you know, and I think there's there's some people out there that d- that don't have that or aren't aware that there's amazing creative people around. But I will tell you, when you think you're alone and you're the only creative person in your town, you might be surprised to find out that there is a badass living three houses down from you and you just have no idea either, you know? Right. Well, I mean, who are, who are some of those, like, if you had to pick your top five, I know I'm putting you on the spot, but like, if you had That's to pick right. the, two, the two, not just the biggest names, but like those who have been, who've inspired you the most, you know, when you talk, how did you find them and, and who are they? Man, how I found them. Um, you know, I think the, the I will say this first, um, 
Oddly enough, and it's taken me a while to come around to this, but there's a poet named Kenneth Potchin. Are you familiar with him at all? I am. All right. So I came across this huge collection of his poetry back when I think I was like nine, ten years old in my, my father's library. And I, I read it and I absolutely fell in love with it. And then I forgot about it. I just forgot about it for years. And then I, I came back to it a couple of years ago, found the book again, was looking through it, and I realized... This influenced me in so many ways when it came to lyric writing, everything, and I just had no idea. So I think Kenneth Potchin was a big one. Um, you know, uh, Beethoven, huge man, and I think um, Beethoven is huge not just because of the music, but because of the man he was. Amen. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, I know you and I share that one uh, yeah. pretty strongly. You know, I think Shakespeare. One of the reasons I love Shakespeare. Shakespeare shows up. He comes down into London, 25 years, writes, writes plays that just change the course of the English language, takes his money, goes home, and never writes again. Like, right. that, that's big pimping right there, man. Yeah. <laughs> that's, just, like, yeah. that's about as hardcore as it gets. And, uh, you know, so, like, uh, there, there, I mean, I could go on and on and on and on and on, I guess, but there, there are so many great uh, people out there that I can't, I, I I kind of joke around saying I'm an I'm an atheist, right? Like I, without being silly about it, or without being in a stupor, I do think critically a lot. But I find myself in awe of what the human spirit can accomplish, and so I I try to uh, I try to find inspiration from all kinds of places, you know. Um, yeah. yeah. So I mean that that's me. But what what about you? What are what are the five or top three? Since I just did about three. Uh, yeah. Who who inspired you? You got my top one, so I'm gonna have to move on. <laughs> no, 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 Pat Conroy, Pat Conroy. Um, uh, I in my early 20s, I came across his work. Uh, my mom actually suggested beach music to me. That's the first book of his that I read, and he was the he was he was the first um, author that when I read one of his books, I had I had to read everything else he'd ever written. I ne- I'd never come across that again. Uh, and at the time, and up until my early 30s, all I wrote was was prose. Um, you know, my, I, I attempted novels and really stopped with you know short stories. So that was my my stock and trade. And after I read Beach Music, it, it was the it was the melodic way in which he wrote prose. And I found out, like you said, these there are seeds planted that either you're not in the right place in life, or you're not old <laughs> enough to really um, to appreciate or, sure. or know why these things are, are are still in the back of your head. But <clears throat> when I began to write poetry. And in my poetry, I tell, I tell stories. You know, I, I don't buy into the whole cryptic, short-clipped nonsense. And that's when it hit me. Like that's one of the reasons I loved his storytelling so much. He he had characters that that did remind me um, that, that 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 struck a deep chord in me. Like in the fact that I didn't know someone like that. I knew someone that could have been that person. And so, Pat Connery was one of those folks that just they stayed with me throughout life. And and, and one of those only, one of the few authors I can go back and read again. You know, after I've had it, you know, read it several times. Um, after Pat Conroy, uh, is, you know, moving into poetry, um, Robert Frost. Oh man, Robert, Rob, Robert yeah, dude, it, it, it's you know, it, it's uh, that cat, man. He he would write poetry that that you can go back and read twelve times and and get not just something different, but like uh, another shade that he was painting. It's, the most, I think that it, to parlay into one of my greatest points about about I think all the writing, but you know, in poetry is that um, you want it to be at least 
to have you, you want to have layers. You want, it, but but at least two. And um, <laughs> sure. you know, and, and, and it, it's it's uh, it's it's to me it's a challenge. Like you said, you know, when 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 you would write things and put it away and not think about it anymore, that's integral to the entire creative process. And we can get into that later. But but with 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 Frost, you know, he will give you a story. We'll we'll say. Um, uh, let's say home burial. Now, a lot of people don't don't read that poem, and I, and I would love for them to go do it because it's talking about um, a couple that has lost their child, uh, and, and presumably childbirth or soon thereafter. And the, the the wife is at the top of the stairs, looking out the backyard where they bury the child, and she's distraught and she's beside herself, and she feels like her husband doesn't feel the same thing that she does. He is at the bottom of the stairs, and he's looking up at her, and at first glance. You 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 can you know home burial. Oh my God, it's their child, and and how does this couple going to deal with you know uh, losing that child? It's their only child, and how you know people feel things in different ways, loss in different ways. How men and women feel things, but then when you go back again, it's a much deeper contact with the with the human condition of 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 just how uh, uh, <coughs> the wife's mind works and her husband's mind works, how she feels, and he does it brilliantly. And it's maybe it's a poem that needs to be read more today than ever because, you know, she is, she is, she's got this, this, this ingrained, uh, immovable b- belief that, she, that her husband does not feel what, what she feels because he doesn't seem to be showing it. And he's at the bottom of the stairs begging for her to, to tell him, you know, tell me how you feel, you know, and, yeah. and, and, but not being able to, to say it. And the, and the more you go back and read it, it, you go in deeper and deeper and deeper, and and as you do that, as poetic as it sounds, it it as you go deeper, it draws more out of you into it. That it makes you see yourself, and and that was the poem for me that that woke me up big because to parlay off of that, my you know there's Frost and and then Pat Conroy and music there's Kid Cudi. Kid Cudi is is a contemporary. He does. He, 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 I yeah, wouldn't yeah. call him. I wouldn't call him rap. I wouldn't call him rap. I mean, and I'm not. It's not to sell that that genre short. And again, here it is where he he kind of he crosses the storytelling boundaries of a genre where one can't hold him, and I don't think the great ones ever could or can be. Yeah, they're their own he genre. Had, yeah, no, exactly. And, and he has Kid Cudi has a song uh, called "Pursuit of Happiness," and uh, if you don't know the undercurrents of the story, the underpinnings, and, and he and he does it so gracefully that he just he drops breadcrumbs. You obviously know, and everyone on earth has at some point in their life come across something hard, come through something difficult, and been depressed about it. You know, and, and but if you've if you have the condition of, of a mania or, or bipolar disorder or uh, a, a depth of depression uh, to a deeper extent than the most other folks, like where you've had night terrors. You know, he has a line in there. He goes, "What do you know about night terrors? Nothing." You know, in in hearing that term, you don't have to know what the clinical night terrors is where it's nightmares you know uh, you know cubed uh but if you've ever had night terrors you get that secondary meaning that he's giving and all of those folks that that and I, and you share this as well is that um with the written word there, there's a there's a terrible rumor going around that's almost become gospel truth that poetry and songwriting are two completely different things and it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. totally ridiculous. I mean, it, it, it's, it's like, if, I don't know. I mean, yes, I'm from Georgia. I'm not that Southern. But if there was something closer than brother and sister, <laughs> <laughs> that is what songwriting and poetry would be. I think that that, that songwriting, that, that songs are just poems that are, I won't say just, I hate that word, that songs are poems that don't, uh, that, 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 that have a hook. You know, poems sure. lack the hook. They lack the chorus. 
Um, but the 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 melody, and, and that's why you know it, it's it's the, whether you use a you know whether you use a, a a direct rhyme slant rhyme, if you do the whether you cleave to the the end rhyme and, and poetry or you weave it in the in in, in the line itself, you have that melody. You know, it, it's you, you. At least I do, and and, and I've seen you do it. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. when when you, when you read poetry aloud, and that's another you know important part of the business of poetry. Again, the marketing that people don't get in that B section of the of the A and C disease is that you know when you read it, and just like when you play music, you can see people close their eyes and nod their head to that beat, to that beat, and all three of those, you know, Pat Conroy and uh, Kid Cudi with uh robert frost you know th- those are just three examples of mine that that um whether you had the the a song if whether or not you could hear the song literally you heard it in the words themselves yes yes yeah very very much and i, I you know um it's funny you mentioned robert frost he's one of my favorites now but man you know i had people trying to push him on me when i was growing up and i just never connected with him one night i'm out I had been working some late, late night thing. I think I'd played a show somewhere. And I'm walking down by the Platte River in Denver, Colorado. It's beautiful, you know, uh, summer night, about 2 in the morning. There's no one around. And there's a piece of paper blowing across my path. I bend down, pick it up, and I like, just put it in my pocket and carry it with me. I go sit down on the, uh, I think I was on the, like, the kind of subway thing we have here called the light rail. Heading back to where my car was. Open it up, and it's just Robert Frost. I've become acquainted with the night. And I read it, and I thought... This is exactly what I'm experiencing right now, yeah. and it's so good. And then the more I delved into it, and the more I started going into his other stuff, I just I've just never put him down since. You mm-hmm. know, I, I just at any rate, I completely uh, connect with that. And what you said to the point with songwriting and, and uh, poetry, I eventually I've kind of come to the thing where I think a lot of times there's um, poets who are confident see it as the same thing. I think there's people who are not confident. Who, man, what happens if you have these really cool rock stars and these hip-hop stars that are writing stuff to you and they're just as good, if not better, at your craft than you are, and they're cooler, and they're, like, what does that mean now? You know what I mean? Right. So, like, and, and, I mean, and that's, the, that's the, biggest, the, the biggest stumbling block of anybody's growth is that, is that what, 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 if, you know, what if they're cooler? What if they're, people that end, up, that, that, that end up finding success... They see that person that they conceive of as cooler or better, and they go, "Let me go ask him or her yep. how they do what they do," because I guarantee you, at least in my life, you know, number one, all they can do is say no. Just don't be a jerk when you go about asking. But chances are, you know, once you and I'm not there, but once they people reach that level of fame, no one asks them anymore. There's a daunting that they don't behave. They're just it's kind of it's kind of thrust upon them. Sure. You know that that go, go ask them how they do it. Going back, like the, uh, a very recent example of that is um, when uh, when um, Bob Dylan won. Uh, you know, he's like people were like they they lost their minds, man. They're like, <laughs> how did he win for Nobel in poetry? Because the man's been doing it from since he was acoustic. You exactly, know? and it, it makes perfect sense. And I, I and to me, it's it's like you. Want, I stood up and when I first heard, it, I was like, oh no. And then when you know, you you've always got that friend that doesn't think anything like you. And they're like, yeah, isn't that BS? I'm like. No, we are on two different pages, bro. I think that's awesome. You know, it's yeah. because it, it's all good writing. All of it tells a story, and story. You know, all of this comes back. You know, to, the the our 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 Prometheus, as it were, when we found fire, was literally around the hearth when we couldn't write when it was only oral tradition, and we figured out that music sticks in our skulls. And so, when we would tell stories, we would rhyme it. 
Mm-hmm. You know, there's a reason why epic poetry is still around. You know, it's not dead. It's still there. It's because we want to, to go somewhere in poetry. And um, and, and I think and, and here again, you know, it's like if people, you know, and, and, and what I can't stress enough. And, and, and this is what you and I have gone into at length. And, and it'll be the, the and I can't see how it doesn't factor into many of our shows is that that to um, to, to when you come up against a, a challenge. Uh, that's the universe saying you're going to earn it. It's not trying to punish you. It's going to say no at first, you know, so that when you get it, whether you're a rock star <laughs> or a writer or an athlete, you come into it quick, you see it time and time again. God knows there's enough. What was it? Behind the music? Remember that? They, oh, yeah. Musicians, they made it big, and then they all smoke crack. Da, 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 da. <laughs> and then, you know, it's like, they, you know, they lose it like that. What's quickly gained is quickly lost. You know, when, when, you, when, you, when, you, when you see, um, like, with, you know, Bob Dylan, and when him, with him winning the Nobel, you, you hear... Or at least I did. I came across so many writers that were like, oh, oh you know what? We shouldn't even do it anymore. So, I mean, if he's going to win the Nobel, number one, that's kind of brash for you to think that you're going to win the Nobel. But if you're going to quit writing because a god among musicians won the Nobel and can't see why, I'm not standing in judgment, you know? Yeah. But to me, it's like you, you, you find many people in the business of art um, that aren't aware of the rules of it. And there are rules. We're going to do that. There are. They're there for a reason. Good grammar, people. Um, you know, yes, it's it's yes. it's it's it, to, to me it's it's it, to be a polymath, as you said. You know, and and to 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 see what you're strongest in, but then to kind of spindle out and find other things that you like to do. It introduces you to so many brilliant, interesting people who have made it, not made it, because at the core of it, just like you've said, and I'm going back into it again, is that you've got to do it because you love doing it. And if it sits in that drawer forever or in that tape deck, <laughs> I just dated myself tape deck. Hey, I'm man, I VHS. had tape decks, I'm going to watch my VHS player after this. <laughs> um, I'm calling you on my rotary phone later. Um, <laughs> if it sits there and it's never heard or written, the, the peace of mind that you 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 got that out is important. When, when, when where, Do you have a certain time of day? The creativity hits you like, you know, is there or, or does is it just like one of those one of those um, sporadic kind of deals? No, no, I I, um, I think one of the biggest shifts for me was, you know, because I, I joke around saying that I'm, I'm pretty ADD. Right. So for me, it's the practice of consistently having output that's important so for me. Creativity. Um, and I, I kind of to be a fair, it does hit me at this time, but it's also because I consciously prime myself for it at this time. So when I get up 4.30 in the morning, I sit down, I write for a couple hours before I leave. So that's, um, that is my, for writing, that's my time. Music is evenings. Writing's the morning, music's the evenings. And that's, that's kind of how, how it is um, now. You know, music to me, it feels, music, creating music to me feels more like romance. But writing is the, is the sorting yourself out the morning after. Right. <laughs> it's the hangover of music, right? It's the hangover going, man, what, what the hell just happened? <laughs> At least you don't have to buy music a cab home. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's, I mean, it, it's, that's, that's part of, you know, that's part of the creative process that, that, um, that irritates me. And, and what that I hear in other people is, is when they, you know, they, you know, work is a four little word. Well, literally, yeah, it is. But, you know the creativity. Creativity when you want to when you want to when you want to see it transform into something that that pays your bills. Which again, it, it's work. It's it's work. But you know, it, it, there's a reason why. And my daddy says this. Still says this. You know, daddy will say. You know, when I see him, he'll, he'll say. So, so you know, you still writing? I said, yes, sir. He's like, you know, you still got that sh- the radio show and everything. Yes, sir. He goes, 
do you love doing it? I said, yes, sir. And he goes, you'll never work a day in your life. And in the early stages, you know, when you don't, you know, when you don't see that thing coming to fruition, you hate hearing that, you know, because, you know, and, you know, because you don't typically like what you're doing at the time as much as what you think you're going to be doing in the future. But, you know, and that's, I mean, that's, that's another point. I mean, I know, you know, again, this we got two ADD guys here going at it, but it's, you know, working a job that you hate out of this ridiculous notion that again is around there so much that people don't doubt it, that, that you work something that you, you work a job you hate yep. and you work it and you work it because somehow the hatred of that job is going to uh, motivate you to create something of such illustrious beauty that you are going to blow out on the other side and do create. In my experience, the only thing that you create when you're miserable is, is, is misery on the page. Yes, I agree. You know, it's, it's poisonous. It's and, and it's it's a it, it's a disease. Misery, you know. Um, it, it, it for me, what 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 made me what made it easier and, and gave me an enormous amount of stories and material for my art was um, when I got out of college. I worked as a juvenile probation officer and then in social services and foster care, um, and then as a, a GED instructor. And you know, it, when with artists, I don't know if you're like this. When people say, like, you know, um, I mean, honestly, I throw up a little bit in my mouth every time I hear it. When somebody's like, well, I'm an introvert, you know, they're like, oh, my God, we're all introverts. Yeah. We're all introverts. You have to be alone to yourself to write, you know, even if you're in a room full of people, you know, you're by yourself. You know, so that, <laughs> that, that, that excuse, like, I can't deal with people. Well, you don't have to. You're just, like, you know, giving up because Bob Dylan won the Pulitzer and book. Giving up for that is the same thing as, like, well, I don't like dealing with people. Because, you know, the, the beauty of it, and, you know, is, is that, you know, it, number one, you know, writing when you, when, when, you, when you work with people, just like you do, you know, you, uh, and I think that working with people, like I said, it's important to get you out of your own head because I would absolutely be that, that um, Johnny Depp secret window. Have you seen that movie? By uh-huh. that movie? Yeah. I would, I would be that dude. I would be, I'd be, I'd be naked in a tree cooing like a dove and within like six months. I, you, I cannot be left alone. My Man, when you, when you get alone like that and you, and you just do nothing but sit there and, you know, it, or, you know, the scariest thing for me too is when I, when I don't even say I'm going to be creative, I just say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to take a week off. Man, it gets existential real fast. You know, I, I go from like I'm going to catch up on Game of Thrones to what does it all mean and why do I even exist? It's just a few days, man. And you dress like a druid in your backyard. Yeah, roots. you got to You got to get out. You got to meet people. But you, I, I got to tell you, that's something I struggle with now because, man, I am. You're talking about work. You know, I'm on fire to work on the things that I, I love. And I just, it's like, for me, it's almost like I have to pull myself away to go hang out with people because yeah. I love doing it so much. Yeah. But it's also the process of, I wasn't ready to become the person that I was, I'm now starting to become in the past because I hadn't be started become like building the internal resources, the resilience, the work ethic that it takes to become the, the person I want to be, you know? And I think that's, what a lot of this is, man. No one's gonna. If you're working a job you hate and you just hope, well, one day I'm gonna be an author. Says who? You're gonna write exactly. a book and then no one's gonna care, and then it's gonna take another couple of years, and maybe you'll get another one out if you even get that first one out somewhere. So the deal is, you gotta start and you gotta go, you know, and and uh, and find a way to be happy so you can make things a beauty as well. Because people want to hear, people want to hear that's gonna be all right. Yes, they, they don't do. want to hear. They, they don't want to. They don't want to hear. You know that. And that's gonna be perfect, you know, because that's not true. It's like blues music. That's why. That's why you know. But you know, for me, blues and, and classical. They, I, I couldn't pick a favorite. Sure. And it's, it's because you know, with, with you know, with Beethoven, for example, oh, he was the first rock star, in my opinion. 
In my opinion, he was definitely the first and, heavy and, metal musician. Oh, it, 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 <laughs> he, he, I mean, it, it's like when that went rain that back because mm, I'm about to go off on a tangent. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not gonna do it. Um, Good catch. It, uh, it is. <laughs> uh, did you hear that? The fishing line zero coming. So um, <laughs> no, it, it's you know it, it's you, you got to diversify. You know it's it, and these these are words that 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 will they'll sound like you're that, that you've dropped a tin cup I mean, it's like well we're talking about creativity you know metaphors you know you know how do you you know in your core progression how do you how, you know how do you get the notes just right and then somebody says we got to diversify <laughs> what you know it's the practicality the same when people ask me you know and they, when they say like well, how you know how Cliff, how, did you, how did you how did you organize the southern collective experience how did you get your had this company and and you know how did you get people in place and for for the majority of my life, you know, my my daddy's family for literally a hundred years sold Chevrolets in the, in the same dealership, which is why I'm from Georgia. But if I ever start to talk so fast that you don't know what I said, but you have this hankering to buy a Chevy Tahoe, <laughs> that's, that's my fault. That's my fault. But you know, but but you know, they, the, my, my my daddy's family has had a knack for for business, and 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 sure. and you know, and and this is before you know, again with 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 age and maturity, you know, you see how things come together. But because I was like, well, no, I want to be an artist, it never struck me that this practical knowledge in which was somehow, you know, that, that, that was just waiting in my DNA to be used would be useful, you know. And so when, when, when I, my first book came out and um, I, 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 I just ran into, and I, like I said, I know every vocation has, um, you know, when you meet some kind of success, you have your haters, you have people that have come Absolutely. around and, and yeah. you know, you just, you know, like, but, you know, in the art world, there, there do seem to me be um more than uh in the other vocations and i mean that's just the truth and it's not to make you jaded it's just to say keep your eyes open and you know it's not anybody your friend and and hard truths are are don't dampen the creative process you know you just you just have to get some thick skin and so when i devised the, the southern collective experience i looked like i said i looked for those who um were in the and this is a it's a point of fact that 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 does irritate people and i, and I can't I don't, I tell the truth. I don't keep it real. And the difference is, is that like when people say I keep it real, I will push you out of my car. I'll speed up <laughs> and push you out of my car because you've just admitted to me that you're a jackass. That's yeah. All yeah. It is. Yeah. No but, tact. You know, right. Yeah. You say exactly. I yeah. keep it real on the sidewalk. Uh-huh. Um, so, I mean, but I, I, I'm, I'm honest, you know, because I, I believe that, you know, it's, it's a, uh, it, it's a uh, bad karma to tell something to say, to, to lie. You know I mean? That's kind of common sense, but um, it, it, no matter where you are on that scale of, of talent, um, there's a there's what I call a divine fire. Now, I'm sure I'm not the one that, that first said that, but you know when you read something to somebody is in, 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 and they're in you know in high school, you know or college, whatever level they are, you can say, okay, I can see where it's rough and there's some there's some experience lacking, you know, but man, they they've got it, you know, and and you and, and it's almost the reason why if someone said like, well, how do you, what, you know that that person says, well, they get excited and say, well, how do you know? It's hard to point out exactly why, but it's in the story. It's in the song. I mean, they may they may get half the notes wrong, but that that passion that's there, that that where they, that where you can see already that they start to lose themselves and close their eyes. Um, those are the people that I want to surround myself with. Absolutely, you know, because because when you have people with you that have that divine fire that share that that very spiritual connection, you're going to have less. Um, uh, hypocrisy. You're gonna have less backbiting, backstabbing. You're gonna have less of that because you understand. And in in again, it sounds. This is where it sounds so flighty. And again, diverges a bit from that hard, concrete world of business. Um, you can trust those people more. It's it, it's the um, it, 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 they're those. And it's just you know, to me again, I'm, 
maybe wrong, but uh, you can learn grammar. You can learn, uh, you know, all the technicalities of how to play an instrument. Uh, but unless you have that divine fire, it never gels. Right. And uh, I mean, I don't, you know, it's it's so with the collective. I just I, I honestly took a a practical business model, and I put it over the things I love to do, and. I, you know, I, I, just like anybody who's effectively a, a leader, um, I don't want to own anybody. I don't want to tell anybody what to do. Sure. You know, I don't want to be that whip cracking guy, but, um, like in the collective, I mean, it, it's also being responsible enough to say, all right, um, while we are doing well, the group, the company, we are doing well, but if things go sideways and somebody wants to sue for whatever reason, they know to come after me, not the group. It's the same idea in, in, in business. And, and when I've wavered from that, and 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 uh, and and bent my my ideals. I've been bitten the behind every single time. You know. Yeah. No. I think that I think this is huge. Um, this is huge stuff. And maybe, you know what? Honestly, Cliff, you know what we should do? Episode two. What? We should start talking about the idea of building a business model around the things you love to do. And I think Not that's something. I think that one's something that you and I could talk quite a bit at length about, you know, because I, I, I know that, uh, you and I, if given to our devices, man, we would do like a nine hour episode and then <laughs> put yeah. it out. Yeah. So, so, I mean, I think we've, we've, we've really hit kind of who we are, what this is about, and we're really excited to be keeping, continuing to do this. So as you're listening to the show, you know, we're going to be telling you not only what we've learned, but things that we're finding out that work and, and we'll be bringing in other people who have their own experiences that are also successful in the worlds we're talking about. And we're hoping to try to give you something that goes as cliff says a b and c not a and c where we're going to do the entire kind of plan there at least to help you kind of be able to to step out on the path and then start to see what it looks like for you but you kind of have a little bit of a roadmap so um while you were talking i looked this up because we both mentioned beethoven right and what you were right. just saying here's a here's the quote to play a wrong note is insignificant to play without passion is inexcusable excusable and that's that right there is it, man. And that the passion is the reason I work as much as I do, the reason I want to work on my craft as much as I do, and the reason that I want to work the business as much as I do. Clifford Brooks and I just want to thank you for joining us in this, our first episode. In this next edition, we're going to discuss building a business around your art and how the rubber meets the road in the real world. The music for this episode was provided by the fantastic Justin Johnson. You can find him at justinjohnsonlive.com. You can find Clifford Brooks at southerncollectiveexperience.com. And you can find me at michaelamaday.com or worldpoetryopenmic.net. Join us for this next episode and bring your ideas with you. It's our goal to help you get from where you are to where you want to be. Until we meet again. <laughs> <laughs>